And we are finally back. Beaver Does Movies. My name is James Beaver. Episode 20. And episode 20, I decided to make it really, really special. By bringing somebody close to me. Very close to me. The one, the only, Suzanne Valley. Hello. <laughs> you say hello. That's your introduction to everything. Absolutely. Yeah. So, um, I live with you. And uh, I decided I needed somebody. And I figured it's the... 20th episode. Apparently, when it comes to podcasting, people quit after the 10th episode. I've doubled that now. Awesome. I, I can go. I can quit and consider myself a champion, but I'm still going to keep going. Absolutely. You know, you, you, you are actually the one that helped me get into podcasting. You were the one for my birthday bought me the podcast equipment. Mm-hmm. So you're the one that helped. This, this is your fault. <laughs> this is your fault that I'm in, in deep in this shit. It's a good hobby for you. It is a good hobby, and I appreciate it. So um, we we spent a, a quite a while like deciding what movie we want, wanted to watch, and I kept telling you movies, and you were like, "Fuck off!" <laughs> I told you Troll Two, you told me to go fuck myself. Mm-hmm. Uh, what else did did I say? There was like a couple of movies, Junkers. There was this because uh, Suzanne owns a well, she used to own a Schnauzer, and her mom owns a Schnauzer, and there's this anime where it's about a schnauzer that talks and that grants wishes. And so talking to Suzanne, I showed her a trailer for this Junkers Come Home. And midway through the trailer, she started crying. I was like, I've got to get you on the podcast for this. (laughs) But then you're like, I don't want to watch it because I'm going to spend most of the podcast crying. Mm -hmm. So you were, you know, just uh, elaborate on this uh, movie that, we're about to watch. You know, what, what is the movie we're about to do? Even though it's in the title. Well, we just watched Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Yes. Film I've seen several times in my life. In fact, uh, you were pretty much hearing the lines as, <laughs> yes. as the movie was going you, on. You were very vocal during this entire time. And uh, for those of you who aren't aware, I'm kind of a movie snob. so uh, You are the worst. <laughs> So for me to have anything that I know the words from is is amazing. Yeah, because I'll tell you a movie and you're like, that sounds stupid. That's this like true. 80% of the stuff I tell you that I, I want to watch. You're like, that sounds dumb. But yet Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure does not sound dumb to me. Even though it's... <laughs> the idea behind it with the time travel and everything, you, you, you're pretty cool with that one. Absolutely. But I tell you about uh, an Oscar winning movie, The mm. Shape of War. And you actually looked me dead in the face, blank face and went... That sounds stupid. Because I don't like monster movies. Uh, yeah, you're not... Which very... is why I haven't done probably most of your podcasts, is because you do watch a lot of monster movies. Yes, you've, you've like pretty so... much told me, I will not watch that, even if you paid me. <laughs> or I will, and I'll complain, probably. I'm like, I've offered to like pay for a ticket to go watch it. <laughs> yeah, the one time I've, took, I've taken you is when I've actually paid you, and that's only because it's in an area you like, like mm-hmm. Park Theater or Cinematic. Mm-hmm. But even then, it's like pulling teeth sometimes. Sometimes, yeah. I have to buy you all the drinks and stuff like that just to get you through the door. 
Mm, I'm not that much of a diva, but it... well, well, you know, you make sure that I buy your lacroix when it when it comes to being <laughs> cinematic. Yes, 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 yes. So yes, yes. I I say cine- cinematic, but you used to say cinematic. Cinematic. Whatever. Yes. It, it it is what it is. So um, we're pretty much on the cusp of wanting to talk about this movie. So uh, let's just take a little break and then we'll get into it. Sure. And we are back. So we watched Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, and as you mentioned, this is a, a very personal movie for you. With mm-hmm. uh, BB's does movies, I'm I'm wanting to do either really bad movies or cult movies, or if there's a guest where they have a movie they wouldn't love to talk about. That's what I'm going to bring to the table. And you, when I mention Bill and Ted, your eyes lit up. Yes, I do love this movie. Yeah, you mentioned to me like you've you pretty much seen it a thousand times. This is, and I I can attest to that because every time someone came on, you'd just be instantly know, <laughs> knowing what it is. I have distinct memories of uh, of going to the video store, which where I grew up, it was called Shea Movie, and picking up the little velcro tab to get the movie and then bringing other friends to come and see the movie and um i've pretty much watched it fairly regularly most of my life yeah i think the first time i saw it i might have been eight or nine years old and okay yeah, yeah um i i vaguely remember this movie but i do know of it through the tv series the live action and the cartoon if you remember there was a live action i don't remember the live action but i definitely watched the cartoon yeah i i watched the two movies the cartoon and the live action. Funny enough, the cartoon, Bill is more from the second movie than the, the first because mm. he's wearing the backwards red cap. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, um, yeah, funny enough, I'm actually surprised this came out in 1989. I thought it was like a mid-90s movie. No. You know, because I, I remember this movie and, you know, me being born in 1985. So I was only four when this movie came out. Mm-hmm. You it know, was a pretty big deal at the time, though. It was. Yeah. And I guess maybe it's from the sequel, which came out in 91. Which you know, I hate, by the way. I know. As a side note. And uh, I might do that as a sequel as a sequel for me and you. We shall see. I might bring you, <laughs> I might bring you back on. Because, you know, there's always entertainment in misery sometimes. Oh, yes. Yeah. I'll, I'll be it, full of criticism. Even though your bullshit, bullshit meter is very low. <laughs> if you don't like it, I've, you've gone up and left when we've watched stuff together. So, yeah. I'm... Yeah. So, um, I'm just going to go into the semantics of this movie. Just like, you know, the overall, you know, who directed it and stuff like that as part of Beaver Dozen movies. So, this movie was directed by Stephen Herrick. He was actually the one behind the Mighty Ducks movies starring Emilio Estevez. Written by Chris Matheson and Ed Solomon, starring Keanu Reeves. Funny aside, Keanu Reeves was discovered for this movie in the lineup for a McDonald's. The writer was in McDonald's in front of Keanu Reeves and just heard him riffing with his friend, just talking and just relaxing. And he was so inspired by the guy he wrote about him, got his number and actually hired him on the spot. Wow. So basically, this was Keanu at the time. Was he living in Canada at the time? Um, I, I think he was when he moved to California. Okay. And uh, so yeah, so it's got Keanu Reeves, Alex Winter, and George Carlin. I I didn't realize George Carlin was in this movie until I knew who George Carlin was. Mm-hmm. I always just knew him as Rufus, mm-hmm. and that was some other like old English actor, mm-hmm. kind of like a Donald Pleasance kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But then I'm like, holy shit. George Carlin was in Bill and Ted. Mm-hmm. You know, I didn't realize he was the comedian for many years. Either. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, and then I, I actually knew of him through Kevin Smith movies when he was in Dogma. 
Okay. Yeah, when he was like the the rules of the road. No, no, he was uh, an angel, I think, in that. So this movie came out in February seventeenth, nineteen eighty nine. So six days after your birthday. Mm, I would have been eight. Yes, and I was. Uh, I believe I was four. I think probably four or, or three years old because mm -hmm. it, you know May twenty six. Uh, this movie run for 89 minutes, which is a beautiful time. Mm -hmm. In movies, I believe, an hour and a half is perfect time. If you go two hours, unless you have enough content to fill it, 90 minutes is the go-to place for movies, in my opinion. Especially with this one, because you... Just as you're starting to feel like, okay, I'm ready for this to go, it, it it's time perfectly. Yes, it, yes. It exactly I really time. agree with that. Mm -hmm. uh, budget was $10 million. You know, and you can kind of see it. Mm -hmm. But $10 million for back then in 1989 was a huge budget. You would consider that a $50, $60 million budget now for inflation. And at the time, you know, the graphics that are in the film yeah. were and they actually hold quite up. appealing. Yeah they, yeah, they hold up. I've seen worse in other yeah. movies. Yeah, they hold up fairly well. And then the uh, the return on this was $40.5 So that was, they, they made four times their budget. So um, I'm going to tell you a quick about what this movie is, and then we, we're going to have a quick chat about um, just stuff I viewed, and we're just going to riff on that. Uh, I'm trying uh, new things. So this movie is about Bill and Ted, uh, untrained musicians who want to form a band, and it turns out they are saviors of the future. Through their teachings and their music, it's brought people together in the year 20... 2,689? I don't... I didn't catch the year. It was... It was, like, really deep in the 2000s. Mm. And so through their teaching, they've... You know, be excellent to one another. It's actually brought people together. And so... Their, their music has transcended humanity and brought them, like, peace and cured everything. Mm -hmm. And so, basically, they decide... Uh, because of uh, their history exam it's threatening to split them apart. So they're intervening to help them keep together because if they split apart, humanity's doomed. So uh, they use a uh, telephone uh, booth to go back in time, collect figures for their history exam, which was very weird to me. Mm -hmm. Usually it's just in front of a class. This is a whole theater kind of thing. Yeah, it was more of a presentation than yeah, an examination. Yeah, it was It was like an event. You know, Almost, yes. I've done like history presentations. It was just in front of a class and then they told me to sit down because I kept yelling. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. about... Because I learned Russian history. I kept yelling about Rasputin and playing <laughs> Boney M. <laughs> that, that was my presentation, just playing Boney M. And they mm -hmm. told me to sit down. Mm -hmm. And then I fell asleep. So, mm -hmm. basic, basic plot line. But there's aspects to this movie that's really endearing. Uh, with the whole, like, you know, friendship and everything like that. And the way the historic figures work together to help these guys. Yeah, and I mean, in a lot of ways, this film is, or this story is deeply flawed. In, oh, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, uh, like I think of other other uh, film, tra time travel movies, and, you know, um, this one is significantly more flawed than a lot of the others, like Back to the Future comes to mind. Yeah, because um, they're taking but, away these figures and teaching them future right. sciences, so it would have a, a paradox effect. Right. You know, you hear about Joan of Arc going to teach her soldiers, 
Aerobics. Aerobics. Yeah. So Joan of Arc could have done there, or Napoleon. Uh, I was going to say Napoleon Dynamite. Wrong movie. Yeah, yeah, that was the wrong movie. But uh, Napoleon uh, Bonaparte, you know, learn about future like strategies. He could have. T- I could be speaking French right now. Be me being an Englishman mm-hmm. and stuff like that. But this isn't really the point here. I wonder. I wonder if there's like a system in place where they like wipe the minds of people when they go back. But that's going too deep into this movie. Because this is a family movie. So when it comes to time travel, they just forget it. It's more of the enjoyment rather than overthinking it. And that's the thing. They pretty much break all of the anticipated time travel film rules. But somehow it still works. Yes. Um, And amazingly, uh, I mean, I don't know if it's a nostalgia thing for me or if it's just generally holds up. I'd be curious to hear what like a teenager would think of it in this day and age. But uh, I felt like a lot of the jokes held up well. A lot of them are very inappropriate or borderline, very inappropriate. Considering me me and you, like I was four at the time and you were eight Mm -hmm. and... You know, we still we still look back at this as a movie watched as a kid, but then I'm actually laughing now at the age of 33 and mm-hmm. stuff like that mm-hmm. at some of the jokes they come out with. Mm-hmm. You know, they're still funny. Yeah, I, or, just, I think I understood them differently as a child. I, I think and, that I think that's um, a point for movies where they can give you jokes where you can enjoy them as a kid, but then when you watch them as an adult, you can enjoy it even then. You know, it's deeply layered in that aspect. Like Ghostbusters, there's a lot of stuff in there. Yeah, actually, that yeah, that's true. Yeah, I so agree. that that's that's like the DNA of a really good lifelong cult movie mm-hmm. where you can watch it at any point in your life and still laugh at it. Mm-hmm. It's not of the moment. It's just it just transcends time in itself. I don't know if Bill and Ted is going to make it quite that far. Um, I, I wonder what it, it would die with the generations that have currently enjoyed it. There is a couple of uh, like anti-PC jokes in this movie. Yeah, and again, the, the movie has plot holes and all kinds of other problems. But yeah, but the movie is so endearing, though, that you can overlook the plot holes. Well, that's what but, I do, and normally I don't look overlook plot holes. You you go deep in this. <laughs> but in this movie, for whatever reason, it just kind of breaks all of the rules. Yes. And it works for me. Yeah. So, um, I'm actually, the one thing I'm actually laughing about this is that the fact that humanity is saved by a rock band. A stupid rock band. Or a stupid, it's like, you know, let me think, like Motley Crue are the saviors of humanity, you know? <laughs> yes. You know, I, like, what was it, Live Wire is like the anthem for humanity. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine that? You know, remember the song of our people and then they play Live Wire by Motley Crue. Mm-hmm. So, is it really a utopia if they're following a really stupid band? Is it? Is there rebels going out and going, this band is stupid, you're stupid <laughs> for following them, you know what I mean? But uh, then at the same time, despite their stupidity, they actually come out with some fairly intelligent um, ideas and yes. concepts and like thoughts. The, like the, the first thing they say when they meet the future people, they actually say, be excellent to one each other, which mm-hmm. is a great, like... They just don't say it maybe in the most... Profe- um, professional might not be the right word, but mature way, maybe yes. that, that would be yeah. appropriate, yeah. And maybe that develops over time, but, you know, considering... I'm actually wondering, was... When they met the future people, was that when they introduced themselves to the humanity? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You know, is that their first meeting and then that's what snowballed into humanity being saved or was that just 
a coincidence. A coincidence kind of thing. Yeah. I, I always thought that was, they come into the future, they say that, and then humanity is safe from that point. Okay, I never even thought of it that way, to be yeah. honest with you. But then I, I do realize, I, I self-doubt myself because they were like playing a guitar, like air guitar. Mm-hmm. So I think it's an interesting theory. But yeah, I, I was I was always under the impression that they were all already well known in that yeah. time, and 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 it was just a fluke that they ended up in yeah. the future because so, of the um, broken uh, phone booth. Yeah. So now let's talk about Ted. Okay. Mm-hmm. And watching Ted, knowing what I know now, does Ted have a learning disability? Just because he seems a bit too, like he doesn't understand basic concepts from like. He gets a bit smarter as the movie goes on, but just the way he is, I'm like, holy shit. He doesn't understand half the shit that's going on around him, and he's just going along. Especially during that really, really long night scene where they're just having a sword fight, even though they're, back, you know, back in time. Mm-hmm. You know, what What did you think to that? You know, um, I never... I mean, I definitely think he's stupid. Mm. Um, but I always kind of got the impression... I feel like I've, I've, I knew people like that growing up and yeah. I feel, and I grew up in the suburbs of a large city. So, you know, um, maybe he's just naive and sheltered. Yes. That was kind of, and, and obviously not intelligent to a point, but I don't know about yeah. Ashley having a learning disability. Yeah. And he I just guess, seems clueless. And right? I get, yeah, sorry for interrupting, but I guess the way the dad is with him, maybe he's just very sensitive and not, you know, like I said, sheltered because his dad is probably yep. over the top with him. Like, mm-hmm. you know, his dad was a complete dick to him. Pretty much. Yep. You know, like, yep. he's just a teenager. It's probably just a phase that they eventually grow up. But he was like, I'm going to send you to the military school. And what is up with that, you know, the scout leader or something? Is He's very much looking forward to you. I'm like, I got, like, very creepy vibes from mm-hmm. that. Yeah. I'm like... You know, he's going to wash him in the shower or something like that. No, I, I just... Yeah, that, that whole part of it... I mean, it puts pressure on the plot, right? Yes. Because yes. there's there's conflict or whatever, but um, it wasn't necessarily... Yeah, he was definitely too hard. And is military school even a thing? I don't know. I'm not American. So. I, I, I believe it is. I think it's even in Canada, but it's not as well known. It's just... Mm-hmm. It's basically cadets, kind of. But mm-hmm. it's more like a like a summer school kind of thing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, one thing that did get an early laugh from laugh from me was Bill and Ted talking about historic figures before they actually met them. Mm-hmm. The fact that Joan of Arc was Noah's wife. Mm-hmm. Julius Caesar was that salad dude. The salad dressing dude. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I'm yeah. surprised they didn't have Julius Caesar in this movie because, you know, they, there's a callback and then... A funny scene would have been if they had Julius Caesar and then you just see him in, like, the food court eating Caesar salad. hmm You know, that kind of thing. But, uh, yeah, so... Um, and then, from the future, looking at these dudes, I'm like, are these hipsters? They had, like, you know, the one guy had, like, the big glasses and stuff. I'm like, these guys look like hipsters and not, like, heavy metal heads. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? It was very weird looking at these guys. Um... <sighs> Yeah, and like when you see the future, you see them in trench coats, and you never see that in the rest of the movie. You figured when they re met up with the guys that they'll be wearing the trench coats when they come out. Yeah, I've never understood what the deal is with that particular scene, yeah. and how they're dressed, and how that whole thing plays yeah. out. It doesn't seem to be very well explained. I, I think they actually kind of have something similar in the second movie mm. where it explains that that's like a plot, like a dangling pop point for the future. Mm hmm. Um, 
And then let's get to Missy. Her whole existence makes me extremely uncomfortable. It is. I'm 37 years old and I still have trouble watching some of the scenes that she's in. Yeah, because it's clear that she's... Because in this movie, they're 16, right? Yeah, in that age. And he asked her to the prom. So she must be 18, 19. She, well, they refer to her as they were a junior and she was a senior. Yeah, so there's two so, so years. So a couple years in between. Yeah. yeah. And so and like every time she's in there, like it reminds me of porn. <laughs> yeah. They... Every time she's in the, in the scene, I'm like, holy shit, this is a star of porn, mm-hmm. but there's no fucking... Mm-hmm. Well, there is, but it's cool. oh, oh, I, it, it's it's every time. Okay, every time that Missy and Bill's—is it Bill or is it Ted? Bill's dad. Bill's yeah. dad is in the scene. He has this giant shitty grin in his face. Yeah, the whole He's thing like, is extremely uncomfortable. And then they fuck in his bed. I know it's brutal. He doesn't like go. Hey, let's go into our room. He's like, have some respect for your son. No, my I... parents never banged in my bed. Well, I, I, at least I hope. <laughs> <laughs> At least I hope. Uh, my my dad's probably listening. I'm probably going to get a message as he listens and go, like, yeah, yeah, we did that. Mm-hmm. Um, George Carlin in this movie as well is the smoothest motherfucker in this movie. He is so cool in this movie. Mm-hmm. Like, he's just so calm, relaxed, and he's, like, the coolest motherfucker in this. It's great that they sent this guy because he's just so calm and collected. The one thing I had an issue was, this is the fate of the future. And he just, he's very hands-off. I mean, there must be a reason for that. Maybe, you know, that some of that naiveness I was speaking about before, um, you know, maybe he wants them to overcome that or, you know, grow as, as people by doing having their own experiences. Yeah. Or maybe he just needs to, you know, uh, main, maintain the timeline and that's yes. always how it's been and therefore that's how always how it has to be done, right? Yeah. But if, if I was like, maybe it's just my mentality, but if the fate of the future is in these guys hands i'll just be in the background just watching just to be sure hmm. because what if they're dumb enough and they the entire scene when they're in medieval england hmm. one of them potentially got stabbed because they had a what felt like a 20 minute night fight yeah you know what i mean i would have like guys calm down go get the princesses <laughs> because you, you're making me disappear right now. Fuck, get to work. You know what I mean? But that's a, that's the thing is is the movie doesn't seem to really care about but, those consistencies, right? And then later on, they actually do get into the consistencies. There's, that, there's a whole other part in the future of this movie, you know, involving the future where it's very lined in, where, hey, we've got to go back into the future. I actually enjoyed that part where they're like, oh, shit, we don't have the keys. Let's just go, let's, after this, go to the future. Oh, you're speaking about the part when they're, in the they need to station. break everybody, they need to break everyone out of jail. And yeah. They, yes. That was a the, very cool part. I really enjoyed the aspect of that because I really did like that they had that whole, hey, let's just do this. Oh, let's just do that. I really liked that because that was smart with time travel. Because that would be, a, if they didn't do that, that would be a question That'd be a plot hole in itself. Mm-hmm. Why didn't they go? Why didn't they do it after go back in time? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I also like one aspect I did enjoy was time. Uh, the present naturally flows. Yeah, time keeps ticking while they're tra- time traveling. Be- because yeah. they're from the present, start, time naturally flows. So that answers a lot of questions. Why don't they just go back in time 
you know, to break him out of prison because present naturally flows. And I really did enjoy that. Mm-hmm. Napoleon, you mentioned this to me. as he, When he first came on screen... He started speaking French, and you looked at him. He's not speaking French. Yeah, and I was I was paying attention with Joan of Arc as well, um, and I speak French. So um, you're born in Montreal. Yes. Uh, so the yeah the first few words that he says is is as far as I could tell a bunch of gibberish, or he was just poorly taught by um, you know a trainer. Um, but he does say a few single words here and there that are accurate, like shit. It's yeah. Accurate, and uh, you know. Uh, I don't even remember. And then in Joan of Arc, everything that she said was accurate, but uh, it kind of lost its credibility with me. And it does every time I watch yeah, it yeah. when I'm like, oh, he's just he's just saying nonsense. So now I know if there's going to be a French character in a movie, you're going to do it the episode with me. Okay, sounds there's, good. There's a French dude in here. Come on, let's mm-hmm. go watch it. Mm-hmm. So- but then again, he's also, you know, uh, quite... St- stereotypically French, which I also found kind of annoying, and I noticed that more this time than other times. Um, um, but yeah, he's an interesting character and gives lots of um, really good scenes. Yeah. And then one thing I noticed was it was very easy to kidnap people. Use I know. It was... I think they just... They had to get to the end. So they... Because in, in like a movie from nowadays, this movie will probably be a three-part series. Right. The, the whole medieval scene would have been its own movie. The whole Napoleon scene would have been its own movie. Mm-hmm. You know, I guess that's a part of the time because this movie was rushed. Yeah. You know, it felt rushed because there was like, there was literally a montage where they were kidnapping guys. Yeah. And it was very easy. It was like, hey, just get over here. And then, you know, these are like, consider some of the smartest people in the world, like Sigmund Freud, you know, guys like that. And it was like, but I mean, in, in the grand scheme of things, how they were kidnapped doesn't really affect the plot very much. All we know is that at the end, they need to be at Bill and Ted's presentation. Yeah. Uh, and so then, I can see why they would montage that. And yeah. So speaking of historic figures, uh, one of these guys, me and you have seen a lot. And we actually have an in-joke. Genghis Khan. Mm-hmm. Me and you always refer to the actor playing Genghis Khan as that guy. Mm-hmm. Because every time there's an action movie in the 80s or 90s and you need an Asian henchman, that that is the dude you hire. I don't know his name. I don't want to look it up. <laughs> but you know who it is. Mm-hmm. Die Hard, Lethal Weapon. He's that Asian dude that can kind of do karate or whatever. No, he's pretty impressive. He has military. a Fu Manchu and that's it. Mm-hmm. And he, he was he nearly stole the movie for me. Just the way he was overacting. The way he's just swinging his arms and grunting at everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a couple of other characters that kind of, you know, stole the show for me. But he was, like, very close. Especially the scene when he's in the mall, which is the best part of the movie. I love the mall. The whole yeah. thing in the mall. The whole, so, fo- yeah. you know, where, when he puts on, like, hockey pads, a helmet, a baseball bat, and he's just beating the shit out of people. Well, I think that's part of what is intelligent about this film is that I think that they accurately depict where these historical figures would go in the mall. I mean, I know that's such a silly conversation to even have, but Beethoven would find the Radio Shack. Yeah. Like, guaranteed, right? Although, would Joan of Arc find a gym so that she can do aerobics? Yeah, maybe, maybe not. I think that was kind of a bit of sexism in that aspect because around that time when you think of female you think of aerobics yeah 
Yeah, but you know, it kind of worked out because she took over, which is what which was and she's it. athletic, right? So yeah. in that way, it makes sense. Yes. Um, but yeah, like having Genghis Khan in 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 a sports sporting goods section of a store, just getting a better weapon. Yeah, getting a lighter baseball bat where he can do more damage just makes a whole lot of sense. Uh, Napoleon uh, Bonaparte going to a theme park known as Waterloo. Yeah, water slide park. Yeah. Abraham Lincoln getting his picture taken because he took a lot of pictures back in back in his days. Getting his picture taken at one of those old Western uh, photography booths that you would get at the mall. And then getting into an argument because, <laughs> you know. And then why would they pick up Beethoven? Because he just... He was playing a bit too much. That that would have been a lawsuit in modern times. It, he's just enjoying himself playing his you know keyboard, and then they end up getting him arrested. That was kind of fucked. Well, up. I mean, I think that they needed to get all the characters to the prison somehow. <laughs> yeah. Um. But I, yeah, I'm delving in too deep. Right. But... That's the. That, I think that's the key is you can't delve in too deep with this movie, yeah. and once you do, you're starting going to start noticing things. Yeah. One of two characters that. Uh, stole it from Genghis Khan for me was Socrates, or as we know, you know, as we know as Socrates yes. and Billy the Kid. Yeah, they had like a bromance. Yeah, and it was an interesting. It was dynamic. because it was they cute. were the they were the first two picked up by Bill and Ted, and then slowly but surely you just see this, you know, this chemistry it's between like a father son relationship. Yeah, almost, yeah. or like they, a best friends relationship. They're trying to pick up chicks and stuff like that, yeah. and I was actually hoping down the line that they'll do a spin-off between Socrates and Billy and that they basically get their own phone booth and go through time fighting. I feel like, and I'm don't quote me on this, but I feel like when I look back at the cartoon, I I believe that they were part of it. I think there were major characters in that. They, yeah, they so were they did like, pick up on that to a point. Yeah, but yeah, just watching, that, that, that whole scene where they're trying to pick up chicks and they're kind of like just talking to each other, that, that was funny. Yeah. Um, one one aspect is the concept of time, even though it's a time traveler. So in two hours, they managed to clean the whole house, mm-hmm. go to the mall, mm-hmm. cause havoc, mm-hmm. commit a jailbreak, have enough time to plan a history exam, which is very elaborate with set pieces and speeches. And lights, yes. And lights, all within two hours. You know, even though it is time travel, but still... Time flows normally in the present, mm-hmm. you know, unless they were, unless they were planning the whole thing as they were traveling between. You know, that's me going in too deep. But for two hours, it kind of felt. Again, I, I've said it a few times. It's a flawed movie. Yeah, yeah. You can't deny that there's things in it. Yeah, that I, I'm just, you. I, I really enjoyed the movie, like I said. But I'm just kind of saying this just just to promote conversation. Kind Absolutely. of. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what else is there? Um, yeah, like. A, and then I actually have a theory at the end. Uh, do you think Bill and Ted's parents were f- previously friends that had their own doo-wop band and that that is why Ted's dad is so hard on Ted to do to become like him because he's been heartbroken in the past? Um, I never think that deeply about characters. Yeah. I'm going to be honest with you. I've yeah. never thought of that. Because watching this and just seeing... There's, it was like a minute scene where they're arguing with each other, but it was like two friends that were former friends arguing with each other. Yeah, there is a dynamic between yeah. them that you can't deny, it, but and it was I like, it was never like a, thought of it that deeply. It might be because I was drinking, and I, <laughs> and I was uh, I, I I did have a quarter of Captain Morgan as I was watching this movie, mm-hmm. but you know, and that, I mean, it's possible. You know, I just didn't see that connection. And that, 
I because as you know, the third movie is coming out. Yes, the the I'm it's excited in, for it. It, yeah. it started pre-production May twenty fourth, and I do wonder if that might be an aspect where it's the you know both their dads were former friends. I want actually, I do remember there was a duo band in the cartoon, and I wonder if that was actually their parents. Because I remember there was a doo-wop band. In oh, that's... No, I don't remember that. I might actually... I'm going to have to look that up. Later. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but other than that, this movie does hold up for me. Yeah, it does for me too. Yeah. Um, you know, I have a lot of... You know, even though I watched this movie after the, the second one, I watched the second one first. Oh. And then the first one. Oh, oh. Yeah, yeah. But because the movie was out in the theaters and my dad got it on VHS... Okay. And then he was like, hey, if you think, you know, that one was okay, watch the first one. I I have good memories of the first one, uh, the second one, sorry. The whole scenes were deaf and everything like that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I do want you to come on to watch that, because even though you don't have the highest opinion, I would like to see why. Especially with it being fresh, because you don't watch it as often. No, I definitely watched the, the first one a yes. lot more. Um, yeah, like I said, this is a cult classic for a reason. Mm-hmm. You know... It's very of the time, very, you know, heavy metal and stuff very like that. 80s. Very 80s. Very 80s, very early 90s. It mm-hmm. was one of those sh- where it's in between the 80s and 90s. Yeah. It's that perfect in-between. Yeah. But uh, I really enjoyed it. Um, Keanu Reeves is a star for a reason. You know, Although he's a completely different actor now, as, yeah. as we were kind of talking while the movie was playing about how he doesn't really do comedic roles. And, yeah. You know, um, he's actually pretty funny in, in this movie. Yeah, and it's surprising he that he didn't... I mean, I guess he, he, he did do other roles that were comedic, but he, he got serious pretty quickly. Yeah. Um, it would be nice to see him back in that kind It was of around movie. the Matrix that he went straight. Action or yeah. whatever. Well, no, he was doing speed before that, so... Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but I mean, like, Matrix was kind of the end. Mm-hmm. He was kind of doing stuff, but that I think Matrix will be his last whoa. Because he says whoa a lot in this movie. <laughs> I think Matrix was the last <laughs> yes, time he, he said is. whoa, and then he's just done straight action movies now. Yeah. Although, it'll be interesting to see how he does in um, the new Bill and Ted movie. I'm, I'm pretty... I don't have a lot of faith in it. I'm not going to lie. Uh, yeah. par- partially because, um, you know, how long time has passed. Partially because, um, you know, the second movie, in my view, didn't hold up quite as well. So the third is kind of set up to fail. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, you know, when you're a pretty big fan of this movie, having the prospect of a third installment is pretty... And then, like, oftentimes, as a long sequel to a movie that has been out for years isn't often good. Like, look at Dumb and Dumber. Well, I, I've never watched any sequel to that movie. Oh, uh, yeah. Honestly, but I think it will depend on the chemistry between Keanu Reeves and Alex Winter, if if they still have... Because there's definitely a chemistry, friendship chemistry there. Yes. Um, and I think that could really help. But um, I just... I will see it, but I don't have a lot of faith. Yeah. I'm sorry, Keanu and Alex Winter. <laughs> but um, like I'm saying, um, it'd be interesting because he's one of those guys who started as a comedic actor and went into serious. And another one that, in my opinion, is like that is Tom Hanks. He was a com- yes, he was true. a comedic actor, and then he's gone into serious. And I'd love to see him come back to comedic. You often, you know, mm-hmm. it's it's often you always hear of the dramatic actor, you know, the comedic actor going into 
dramatic, but you never hear of, you know, the, you always hear him flip-flopping, like Jim Carrey and stuff like that. Well, I, I mean, that could partially be because I suspect that the salary is a little bit higher in mm. some of these dramatic films. and Especially with, like, Oscar winning and stuff like that. Well, and that's the other thing is usually for comedies, you're not uh, Oscar-worthy. No. Uh, no. Even though I, don't, I disagree with that. Yeah. Um, there's some acting in comedies that are really good. But yeah, I think there, there's definitely incentive to leave comedy, and I think that kind of sucks. Yes. So, uh, yeah, definitely... We shouldn't even be say definitely watch Bill and Ted. If you don't watch Bill and Ted, what are you doing with your life? Especially if you were born, like, 1972, between 1972 and, like, 1990. Yeah. You definitely need to... And then even if you're born after that, just check this out, just to see Keanu Reeves that you know is... Neo from the Matrix, yeah, or, he's John, totally or John Wick. Yes, just see where yes. he got his humble beginnings. Yes. Uh, yeah. So um, we're going to take a break, and then we'll have a, a bit more of a personal conversation, and then we'll uh, get you out of here. And uh, we are back. Uh, Beaver does movies, of course. You you in like the late stages of this podcast, so I guess you know what the name is. And uh, like I said, me and Suzanne was talking. And we are both uh, working together towards uh, keto. If you don't know what keto is, it is uh, a, a type of lifestyle. It's not a diet, actually. Like me and you have been discussing that. It's not a diet. We like to refer to it as a lifestyle because it's a complete lifestyle. It's a way of eating change. Yes. Yes. And so um, we've been in this together for about a year, working together. Yes. Not aggressively, though. Not aggressively. I'm more aggressive than you, but that's yeah. just my mentality. You're more relaxed on it, but I'm the one that's like, i got to do this, 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 mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. this. So, uh, and, and so much so that we actually started our own keto group on Facebook. Yes, a local group from yes, Manitoba. Yes, a local group. Um, so, do you want to uh, have a quick uh, snippet about that, just to inform people of the group? Well, um, I started a group called Keto Manitoba on, face group, uh, on Facebook because... Um, some of the experiences that I were I was having in other keto groups and other dieting and fitness groups were quite toxic and um, a lot of um, bullying and I, which is actually surprising because it's actually you know it doesn't need to be like that it's no. a fairly so you know um, so anyways I, I decided that the only way I was really going to be able to control how people were communicating with me about the diet was by being in control and being an administrator myself so I started the group with a focus on support and positivity as opposed to uh, focusing on what's keto, what's not keto, um, you know, putting each other down, doing comparisons and that sort of thing. Yeah, so, uh, because I was pretty, I'm an admin on the group as well, and when you started the group, you was like, we need to set some ground rules. And the main ground rule was, um, when it comes down to it, whatever you do, as long as you hit under your carb intake, do whatever the fuck you want. I think that's the big thing with something, for those of you who don't know about keto, there's a lot of different interpretations and a lot of different um, ways of doing it because everybody's body is so different. Yes. Um, I mean, the general rule is low carb, high fat. Yeah. Um, but how strict you are about it, uh, if you allow yourself any sugar or any certain types of gradients or not... Um, and that's part of where the toxicity was coming from. Yes. Some of these groups was conflict around what type of keto is right or wrong. Um, so I tend to um, favor some of the ideas by Leanne Vogel, who wrote a book about called the Keto Diet, yes. Canadian author. And uh, I tend she she tends to agree with me on the sense that you know you just make it work for your body. as long as you hit under whatever your 
carb number is. Like right now, my carb number is 32 grams a day. Right. Some people it's 25, some people it's 20. As long as you get underneath that carb intake, you can go, you can do pretty good. Uh, my personal uh, thing is I've got to hit my protein and I've got to be under my fat. And then I've got to hit under my calorie numbers. But that's me. And each person, it works differently. That This works for me right now. But for another person, it can be completely different. Well, and I think a lot of it has to do with how much weight loss you actually need to have as well. Yes. Um, I find, you know, people who only need to lose 10 or 20 pounds, even 30 pounds, the experience is really different. Um, you know, I'm go my goal is to lose, well, I don't know about, I wouldn't say 100 pounds, but probably 80 pounds. Yes. And, you know, that's going to be a long-term yeah. Um, work. It's not gonna. It's not gonna happen quickly. Yeah. Whereas me, I'm looking to lose 130 pounds, mm -hmm. and that's why I'm being more strict. It it really does depend on who you are, what your situation is. But the thing is, this group, in my opinion, I'm like I said, I'm an admin. Um, Suzanne has more than once told me, do not send that because you're gonna come off mean. Because I like to be a shit talker sometimes. <laughs> And you don't really mean to be mean. I don't mean, it can but... can be interpreted as being mean, so... Especially in uh, written context. I, I realize a lot of people send stuff out intending it to be a joke, but it's not because nobody... It's like, which you can hear my voice now. You can tell when I'm joking and when I'm not. But when you're sending a, a text message, you cannot interpret that mm -hmm. unless you specifically say like in brackets or lol mm -hmm, exactly yeah so i i i oftentimes uh censor myself through suzanne i'm i'm the one that will ban somebody but i usually talk to someone hey does this sound like i'm being an asshole just because i like to be funny i like to i i have like a bit of a as we english call it banter but you know, sometimes it can be misinterpreted. Well, and especially in the context of a support group. Yes. Right. Exactly. Um, so you have to be really careful about how you word things. Exactly. Um, and I mean, that's my main goal is, you know, I want people to have a good time, but I also want uh, support. Yeah. It, it can't be a support group if you're running by fear. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I think that goes, that's not just a keto thing. I mean, this is a big, bigger social media conversation yes. in a lot of ways. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, you know, but, and then even if there isn't the support element of it, I just focus on also, you know, posting local deals, yes. uh, you know, and advertisements and things of interest. As somebody who has modeled a lot of those pictures, yes, that is a big aspect. Yes. Uh, we also often like to go into restaurants and f post our findings so that, if guys are out in the wild and they're like, oh shit, we don't, you know, we haven't cooked today. Where do we go? You can go to the page and find local restaurants. Yeah. And of, you can see pictures. Uh, James and I will take pictures yes. of, of, uh, all the different things that we eat probably to yeah. ad nauseum. But like, like I said, the good aspect of this diet is I've been on a lot of diets in my life. I like this because a lot of the stuff that is on the menu, I enjoy chicken wings, burgers, you know, we we just went to Santa Lucia and had pizza. Pizza, salad, and escargot. Yes. It's delicious. I was fancy like that. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, like I said, uh, if you want to, uh, Keto Manitoba on Facebook, uh, you just got to do a quick survey. As long as you're not an asshole, you, you're more than welcome to join. I have a couple of members who were from this podcast um, that are on that group. And, yeah, definitely, definitely check it out. Um, we will gladly answer any of your questions. We're actually in the process of doing a introduction post. 
where we explain specifically what is a keto diet. And it's not going to be rigid. It's basically going to be there so that anyone can join any any mentality, any lifestyle. That That is what is great about the keto, in my opinion, is because different lifestyles can work this as long as you stick to a small amount of principles. That's right. Yes. So, uh, yeah, um, and that that's pretty much it. Like, we wanted, you wanted to mention Keto uh, Manitoba on the podcast and to promote it to guys. Right, that's the pretty much the only uh, social media that I really promote yeah. uh, at this point. So the, the other social media that you have, if you just follow me on Twitter or... Yeah, you'll find me there. Guaranteed, I will be... I'm gonna I'm gonna plug something. Um, what's the name of that dog? Fuck. Walter. Walter. Walter Wal- Jeffrey. Yeah, Walter Jeffrey. You've seen her on Ellen, but that dog is amazing. He's a French bulldog. He's a bit of an asshole. Makes us laugh. Yeah, he does. Hard. He does. Yeah. He does. Um, yeah, and so yeah, Suzanne, thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. You can go to bed now. Okay. Yeah. I, Good night, everybody. You, you've taken your glasses off, and you're like, please let me leave. <laughs> it's like I'm I'm holding you hostage right now, but. Baby, you can go to bed. Thanks, everybody. You can you can leave. I'm just going to do my plugs. Okay, sounds yeah. good. Yeah, you're, you're actually getting over. I don't have to tell you twice. So, yeah, guys, um, if you want to follow me on Twitter, uh, Beaver, Beaver Does. Uh, if you want to follow on Instagram, BeaverJMM. Um, if you want to send me an email, tell me how great Suzanne was, uh, BeaverDoesMovies at gmail.com. Uh, we have the uh, tip jar at coffee dot com slash uh movies that's ko dash fi dot com and yeah um this is the 20th episode i i do want to thank you guys for 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 sticking around even during the six weeks where it was just chaos uh where it was just me doing it solo um i'm i've got a lot of good things coming up i've got a trip coming up where i'm going to be bringing on some old friends of mine where we're going to be pretty much i'm going to be having a reunion live on the podcast where I'm talking to guys. I have so many different things coming up, guys. I am very excited and I'm excited to share with you. Thank you so much for listening. Um, And like I said, for what Bill and Ted said at the end, uh, you can probably hear the sirens, but like Bill and Ted said, be, be excellent to one another. Good night, guys.